Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 192 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Luke chapter 11 today and our focus is on persisting in prayer and turning to Jesus, a plea from a dying orphan. Well, that'll make more sense in a minute. Every day we go through one chapter of the Bible a day, except when we're reading the Psalms, and sometimes we'll take two chapters a day, and we discuss those chapters. Five days a week, we're in the New Testament. Twice a week, we are in the Old Testament, and right now we're in Psalm. We're going to be going through Psalms and then Proverbs after that. Our goal is to encourage daily Bible reading and listening and hearing and obeying, and you can check out our website at Bible2021.com. I want to say that Luke 11 is fantastic, but I do realize that sounds quite silly. All of the Bible is great, of course, but there really are some things in Luke 11 I'm particularly drawn to and find unusually compelling. Now, before we get to those, though, there is one thing in our chapter today that is almost, at least on the surface, kind of funny, but really it's more indicative of Jesus's very strong stance against the hypocritical religious leaders of his time. In verses 45 through 46, it says, One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. Then Jesus said, Woe also to you experts in the law. You load people with burdens that are hard to carry, and yet you yourselves don't touch these burdens with one of your fingers. So Jesus there is going off on the Pharisees and the Sadducees and uh, the scribes, and one of the experts in the law is like, Hey, you're offending us too. And then Jesus lights into him. Uh, And that would be funny, but... Honestly, uh, every pastor and church leader should read this passage in Matthew 23, which is the parallel where Jesus calls out all religious leaders. And it's not funny. It's kind of terrifying. And we leaders should read it and tremble. I also want to point out as a history major and a fan of Abraham Lincoln, that it was not actually Abraham Lincoln who first used the house divided will fall metaphor. Jesus uses it here, you know, a couple thousand years almost before in Luke 11, verse 17, knowing their thoughts, Jesus told them every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction and a house divided against itself falls. So that's an important truth for any church that's ever struggled with division, actually any church period. There are truths worth standing for, and it would be sinful compromise to not stand for those clearly revealed Bible truths. But generally speaking, style of music, color and type of carpet, service times, church names, pews versus chairs, and I don't know, so many other things that churches and Christians have argued about over the centuries, they are not truths worth dividing over. Division brings ruin to the house that is divided. The church that is divided will soon fall. That's what Jesus is telling us. Well, let's read our passage, and then we're going to focus on our main discussion point today, and uh, we'll do so by reading a fascinating letter. I know you're going to want to hear this letter. It's one of the best I've ever read, and it's written by a teenager, interestingly enough. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Jesus was praying in a certain place When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, Whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us and do not bring us into temptation. 
He also said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine has on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then the other will answer from inside and say, Don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, He was driving out a demon that was mute, and when the demon came out, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, He drives out demons by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. And others, as a test, were demanding of Him a sign from heaven. Knowing their thoughts, He told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say, I drive out demons by Beelzebul, and if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his estate, his possessions are secure. But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, He takes from him all his weapons he trusted in and divides up his plunder. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places looking for rest and not finding rest. It then says, I'll go back to the house that I came from. Returning, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. As a result, that person's last condition is worse than the first. As he was saying these things, a woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the one who nursed you. And he said, Rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. As the crowds were increasing, he began saying, This generation is an evil generation. It demands a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And look, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at Jonah's preaching. And look, something greater than Jonah is here. No one lights a lamp and puts it in the cellar or under a basket, but on a lampstand, so that those who come in may see its light. Your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is also full of life. But when it is bad, your body is also full of darkness. Take care, then, that the light in you is not darkness. If, therefore, your whole body is full of light, with no part of it in darkness... It will be entirely illuminated as when a lamp shines its light on you. As he was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him, so he went in and reclined at the table. When the Pharisee saw this, he, he was amazed that he did not first perform the ritual washing before dinner. 
But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and evil. Fools! Didn't he who made the outside make the inside too? But give from what is within to the poor, and then everything is clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees! You give give a tenth of mint, rue, and every kind of herb, and you bypass justice and love for God. These things you should have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you Pharisees! You love the front seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you! You are like unmarked graves. The people who walk over them don't know it. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. Then he said, Woe also to you experts in the law. You load people with burdens that are hard to carry, and yet you yourselves don't touch these burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you! You build tombs for the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Therefore you are witnesses that you approve of the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their monuments. Because of this, the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible. Woe to you experts in the law. You've taken away the key to knowledge. You didn't go in yourselves and you hindered those who were trying to go in. When he left there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to oppose him fiercely and to cross-examine him about many things. They were in lying in wait for him to trap him in something he said. So there was a lot in there. And a 10, 12, I don't know, 13 minutes maybe today, podcast. We can't focus on it all, but I do want to focus on Jesus's teaching on prayer here because it's so important. And the main thing he's teaching us is persistence. There is a promise of sorts in verse 10 that's not quite as evident in English as it is in the Greek. Verse 10 says, everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Now, those verbs there are participles, and that implies kind of a continuous asking. Everyone asking and keeping on asking will receive. The one seeking, who keeps seeking, will find, etc. So I found an amazing letter today. It was written in 1857 by a woman named Martha Pinnell to her friend Elizabeth. Now, Martha was almost certainly a teenager at the time that she wrote this letter, and she was an orphan. We don't know the situation, but her parents had died, and she was under the care of George Mueller, a mighty man of prayer and faith who opened the first orphanages in England. Now, Martha was a rough kid by all accounts, uh, quite disobedient, quite wild, but she was converted to Christ under George Mueller's ministry, and at the time she wrote this letter to her friend Elizabeth, she was a teenager dying of per- uh, tuberculosis in a hospital bed. This letter is amazing, and it contains an exhortation to the truth of prayer in Luke 11, and also a wonderful plea for her friend Elizabeth to turn to Jesus. Well, it's one of the best letters I've ever written, read, and uh, I, I just want to share it with you. It says, My dear Elizabeth, As you have wished to have a note from me, and today is your birthday, I with pleasure send you one. I don't have anything to speak about, but the one thing which occupies my mind, which is the love of God to us poor sinners. This day is the closing of one another year to you, and it is one nearer to eternity. How does this year find you? 
Have you, during the past year, given your heart to God? If so, you are and have been happy, and you are safe now and forever, resting entirely on Him for salvation. Or is it that you are seeking the Lord? If this be the case, then I would say to you, with true love, continue earnestly to do so, and He will hear you and answer you. For He has said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find Knock, and it will be opened unto you, for everyone that asks receives, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocks it will be opened. None that come to Jesus are sent away empty. And again, he has said, Him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. If you are seeking Jesus, let these precious words encourage you to go on earnestly to do so. And if you continue, you will find, even as Jesus has said, In these precious texts, for not one of his words shall fail, but all will come to pass. But, on the other hand, if you are still careless about the salvation of your precious soul, then you are in a sad, sad condition. I shudder to think of it being so with you. If it is, let me, as a true friend, entreat you to be wise and seek to be at peace with God through faith in Jesus, his beloved Son. Will you not come? Oh, do! Before it is too late, delay is dangerous, and you will have to regret not doing so if you will not. Come now, while it is called today, tomorrow may be too late. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, says Second Corinthians 6, 2. Oh, be entreated, be begged. Jesus is ever willing to hear and answer prayer. Remember, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. How kind of God! Even while we were still sinners, he gave his precious son to die for us sinful creatures. We justly deserve to be punished, every one of us. But Jesus has borne the punishment due us, and all who believe in him and rest entirely upon him for salvation shall be saved. We cannot save ourselves. No, we are sinful creatures, and there's nothing good in us. But In Jesus is everything that God required, and by the death of Jesus we have purchased for us salvation, and whosoever believes in him shall be saved. We have simply to believe in him, and that he has done all this for us. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. We must do so, or we cannot be saved. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Think of this, and earnestly seek that you may be one of the children of God through faith in Jesus. I have much to say to you, but my paper is full. Believe me to be your true friend and well-wisher, signed Martha Pinnell. (laughs) It's a mind-boggling letter. You understand, this is before computers and looking up verses and things like that. What a massive amount of scripture use and wisdom from a young teenager dying of tuberculosis. It it just blows me away. Um, And uh, I, I think you should look up that letter and read it again. It's such a wonderful exhortation to pray persistently like Jesus is telling us to in Luke 11 and also to come to Jesus. Well, let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of July. It's Luke 6, 47 through 48. Jesus said, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.